and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legende, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 337. And as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show, which was two weeks ago. We had a break last week as we weren't in action. This week, though, we've got two games to review, plus the week that was, uh, plus the fortnight that was. Sorry. So it's been, been quite busy. So I think without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. We certainly do. So the podcast is sponsored by Carol Langley Florists. They're based in Chinkford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest and the surrounding area for over the last 70 years. They can do anything that you need. Family, funeral, tributes, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, bar mitzvahs, you name it, they'll do it for you. And as hopefully you all know, they offer all O's fans and staff 15% of which could get you a huge saving at this point of the year around Christmas time. That could be a significant amount of a saving for you to go and get more presents for you and your loved ones. So to get in touch, you can call the shop on 0208. 529-4130 or you can visit their website at www.carolangley.co.uk or you can go on social media where they can be found on Instagram at carolangleyflorists on Twitter at carolangley4 or Facebook at carolangleyflorists so use them up use that 15% off and thank you to John and his fantastic team for being our podcast sponsors. Good to see you yesterday, John, as well. Uh, supporters Club update for you. A couple of trips to keep you uh, abreast of. Tuesday the 28th of November, that's this coming Tuesday as we record today, we're going away to Bristol Rovers. Coaches will be leaving the Supporters Club at half past 12 because that is a 7 45 kickoff. The cost of that is £33 for adults, concessions are £30, and kids aged 15 or under travel for just £17. And then on Sunday, the 3rd of December, the FA Cup takes us up to Chesterfield. That's a two o'clock kickoff. There is a one off flat fare for this of £30 for this trip. Kids travel for 15 quid. Coaches will be leaving at 8 a.m. Those prices obviously do not include your match day. Uh, tickets. So you now need to call the travel line to book on to any of those on 07507 539 579. And the last I looked at trains for Chesterfield were the thick end of 75, 80 quid. So 30 quid seems like a steal. It is still a deal. The sale of the, the century, century yeah. I believe. Right, the fortnight that was in down at the Orient. Happy Monday, 1st of November. The club confirmed that the Young O's second round FA Youth Cup tie against Tring Athletic will be played on Tuesday the 28th of November so that's this Tuesday coming up the game is being played at Brisbane Road kicking off at 7pm entry will cost £4 for adults £3 for concessions and if you're under 16 you'll get in for free so if you're not going to Bristol Rovers get yourself down Brisbane Road and come on the yellows. Absolutely. To Huey, Tuesday the 14th of November. And Orion 11 were in action away to Barking in the London Senior Cup. And a goal in the 20th minute for the hosts was enough to win the match as the O's exited the competition. Unfortunately, losing the match 1-0, which means, as we say, we're out of the cut. So unlucky to the 11, which I think we're pretty much a youth side anyway. Uh, so unlucky to the O's. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next Always year. Always next London year, Cup. Wednesday, 15th of November. Feels like a lifetime ago. Nothing happened and a quiet day at the club. No news to report. Yeah. On the 16th, uh, the Thursday, the 16th of November, the club announced the introduction of a new late Norwich supporters group called the Meshuganos, which is a Jewish supporters group. Yeah, well played to Jonathan and Eddie. Look forward to seeing how that one progresses. Friday, the 17th of November. And again, another quiet day at the club. 
with no news to report. So had we had a podcast last week, we would be at the match day already at four minutes, 15 seconds. <laughs> there you go. That's how it works sometimes. But we weren't in action. And on Saturday, the 18th of November, in spite of the uh, first team not being in action, the youth team were. They faced Brentford away. Dream start for the uh, for the young O's who score from a penalty spot in the fifth minute through Marley St. Louis, but found themselves free run down by half time. Second half, Brentford scored another two before the young O's scored a late consolation goal as a thrilling match finished five two. Unfortunately, yeah. not in our favour, it fell to Brentford. So unlucky to the young O's there. Yeah, on Sunday, the nineteenth of November, the ladies were in Capital Cup action. They were away against London Academicals, and Courtney Miller fired the O's ahead in the ninth minute. The Bates made it two 0 in the fifteenth minute. The hosts pulled one back as the first half ended 2-1. But in the second half, further goals from Shona, Chitate, Samuero and Madeline Wright gave the O's ladies an impressive 4-1 victory as we progressed into the next round. Well done, ladies. Indeed. Monday the 20th of November. Another quiet day. Nothing to report, so let's move on. Flying through it into Huey Tuesday, the 21st of November. The main event of this one was Lincoln City at home. And before the game, we were delighted to be guests of the kind goal of the month sponsors, E.T. Clay, as we went pitch side, unexpectedly, I would say. I definitely didn't expect to do this uh, at pitch side, as we presented Jordan Brown with October's award for his goal, if you remember, against Reading, which was a lovely shot straight into the back of the net. So, yeah. a thank you to David and the team at East Lake Play for the hospitality. Apart from the match, which we'll cover, it was a great evening. And uh, it was great getting to chat uh, to Jordan Brown for the first time for about 10 minutes. Lovely young lad, rolled his feet, very grounded. Lovely guy. I asked him about how uh, he was looking ahead to Derby County, obviously his former club, thinking that would be his biggest game of the season. And he was like, yeah, looking forward to that. But his biggest uh, game of the season from his Port Vale away which is uh, his local club where he grew up. Right. Lots of his family there, lots of his friends there. Uh, so yeah, Jordan, lovely young man, great to meet him. Indeed. So the main event, as you say, was Lincoln City. The team was announced at 6.45. Sol Grin in goal, Hunt, James, Cooper, Happy, Sweeney, Prattley, L, Miz, with Saturiu, Pigger and Drinnen making up the starting eleven. Subs for this one, Sam Howes, Turns, Galbraith, Sanders, Moncur. Ford and young Charlie Pegram. Yeah, so that meant there were three changes for the O side from the side that lined up against Oxford. So that was the weekend before as Rob Hunt, Jaden Sweeney and Darren Prattley all came in making the start line up as ex-imp Theo Archibald missed out against his former team for injury. As Lincoln named former O's lowly defender Alex Mitchell. Remember him? The yeah, lads? yeah, very big fan of his. In yeah. their starting lineup. So, Biddle and what were your views at uh, 6.45 when you saw that team lineup? I thought it was a strong lineup, although I was expecting Theo uh, to be starting. Obviously, I didn't know that he was injured, so that ruined my fan hub prediction. Uh, and like you say, just want to say thanks uh, to David from ET Clay uh, for hosting us. Great view, great hospitality. I say the menu there is is very nice and uh, it's yeah, good experience. Done it twice this season, definitely an upgrade on a what it was last season. Agree. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, Lucy and Pa doing a great job up there. When I saw the lineup, uh, I guess we had the benefit of Martin Link uh, being in hospitality, who kind of gave me a better view of the team. Because when you look at that as an eleven, you go, well, Satiru, Pickett, and Dryden as a front three. But it was actually said that Satiru would be playing behind Pickett and Dryden. I thought well, that's a bit interesting. Playing Satiru as a ten when you've got George Moncur, a number ten, on the bench. So I yeah. looked at that. I thought well, that doesn't quite. Add up for me, uh, a few square pegs and round holes, looking at that. So obviously Archibald out, Sweeney playing as a left wing back. Now, there's a difference between a full back and a wing back, which I don't need to go into on a football podcast, but 
just because you can play there. I don't know whether you should play there. So I looked at it and I thought, uh, it's not quite suited for each player. See, so I think some I, playing out of their positions. I see Sweeney just as a left back in a back four. Exactly. I don't see him as the wing back, and I don't see Theo Archibald as the, the wing back either. It just you're right. Exactly. A bit of a slightly square peg round hole. But again, look, looking at that, especially from how weak Lincoln were in the first game, thinking hopefully that eleven has got more than enough in it to beat the Lincoln team. But obviously, Lincoln, new manager, new system, mm-hmm. new setup since we played them a month ago. Exactly right. It's yeah. not the same. Not the same at all. That's why this has such an unjust way about it. Absolutely. Um, and interestingly, just as you mentioned it, in the in the programme notes, Richie Welland said that neither Lincoln or Leighton Orient wanted this replay. Our understanding was, was that they did want it replayed. I'm sure Richie Welland has been on camera at some point in this build-up saying that Lincoln did want it replayed. They did. Which is why the whole replay took place, because yeah. it could have come to a... A conclusion between the two clubs. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I will say this one. There was quite a lot of uh, tweets when the team got yeah. announced. We're only going to mention a few. Though complicated game, so it looks a bit route oney again. Phil VZ one said, "Interesting turns and Galbraith are unlucky to miss out. Good to have Darren back in. Much needed experience. Assuming Theo is injured. Good to see Sweeney's back. Hopefully for a run." George needs to train like a man possessed as time is running out for him. Yeah, Lee Gibbs once said, "What has Galbraith got to do to start?" And actually play in midfield. No one in that team is a playmaker or can unlock a defence. We need someone that can control the game and make things happen. I kind of agree with what Lee has to say on. there. Spot on. Because as the game played out, we we were crying out for someone that can thread a ball through. Yeah. Gorillas1985 said, Is Beckel still injured or is now seventh choice defender? We will miss Brown's energy in the midfield tonight. So obviously, I think we discussed this quite a lot. But I guess long gone are the days where the club give updates on injuries because they don't show their hand to... Opponents, but you assume you know Beckles out injured, no announcement until after this match. Everyone's left scratching their heads a little bit. It turns out, turns uh, Richie mentioned in his post match, it turns wasn't very well, wasn't well, yeah, which obviously didn't wasn't announced. Archibald's injury wasn't announced prior yeah. to it, so you kind of scratch your head a bit and go, Well, what's what's going on? Like, you make presumptions without knowing facts. It's quite difficult as a support at times to get your head around decisions that might be quite common sense knowing the full facts, but obviously, you don't know. Mm. at the time mm. anyone who's at this match will know that this one isn't going to be the most descriptive of the first half because basically nothing happens <laughs> uh, but before the match there was I've got to say uh, an impeccable minute silence held yeah. and quite uh, quite rightly so uh, for Derek Reynolds indeed uh, as we as the match kicked off Joe Piggott had a shot deflected over for a corner in the first minute and Sol Brim was forced into a comfortable save three minutes later to deny Hamilton who'd had a strike from the edge of the penalty area. We tried our luck uh, three minutes later uh, in the seventh minute. Tom James' long throw saw Jensen come off his line quickly to deny Brandon Cooper a strike on goal and then block uh, a block denied Aaron Drinnen getting the follow-up. So a little bit of action in the first sort of six or seven minutes there. Yeah, I mean, from the literally from the kickoff, we uh, had that shot deflected over. It's a good sign of intent there. Yeah. Obviously, the corner didn't come so much. So, 13th minute in, skipping ahead. Good pressing from Jaden Sweeney and Joe Piggott forced the corner for the O's. So, Tom James took it. Dan Happy got his head to the ball. His header mm. was goal bound. Don't know whether he was going in or not. Jets looked like he was going to go close to it. Joe Piggott got his head on it to try and deflect it into the net, but ended up heading the ball over the bar. Now, looking back, watching the highlights. Piggott should score that. Yeah. I don't want to sound too harsh, like I'm going to bash Joe Piggott, but I probably am going to do this quite a few times on the podcast. A 30-year-old experienced Lee one striker should be scoring that. 
especially how tall he is, and that's his bread and butter in my eyes. Mm. Should be scoring. Don't that's disagree. Disappointed to see that one not hit, not even hit the target. Yeah, I don't disagree when you're that close to goal as well. I mean, it's all well and good, like we've never been in that position, but you'd imagine someone who's trained all his life for that. That's that should, like you say, that's your bread and butter, and it's surely harder to miss than it is to score, given how wide the goal is <laughs> and where he was at. Again, I don't want to sound like a Pick a yeah, yeah. like you know, but you want them to score, and and when there's a game, a few guilt edge chances like that, you got to be ta- you got to be more clinical. We've said it so many times in this show, you've got to be more clinical in both boxes to 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 be anywhere near good enough to be in this league. Well, if you score in the first eighth minute, their tactics have to change, right? So they have to come and play, attack you a bit more. The game yeah. naturally will open up at some point. You think so? so. Absolutely. Right, we're going to skip 20 minutes and go to the 33rd minute now <laughs> uh, because literally <laughs> naff all happened in that 20 minutes of, of note. Ruel Soturio drove forward in the 33rd, drove towards goal, was fouled just outside the area by Ethan Hamilton. Tom James stepped up, curled the ball round the wall but unfortunately straight into Jensen's arms. Yeah, we looked for more action, couldn't find any, <laughs> obviously being there in the freezing cold. So no further action or talking points. One minute went up on the board as the first 45 minutes ended goalless. Yeah. Now, attendance was quite a one of contention, right? Because obviously, again, any, any long-term listeners will know that kind of the feelings of the podcast around the way the attendance is counted. Official attendance announced just over 7,000 at 7,000. 36. I don't think the away fans, uh, the amount of them were, were mentioned so hundred or think. communicated like two or about two or three hundred. Maybe two or three thousand, who knows the way they count them these days. <laughs> but looking at the ground, maybe lucky to see four, four and a half, four yeah. absolute tops. So, so basically 7,036 tickets were sold to that game, but only four and a half turned up. Yeah, I mean, what I will say on that one, a replayed game and how, you know, season ticket holders get back in as we should do. Yeah. Sure, I'm sure they could have done something around there. I know there's cost to put on a game in yeah. terms of staffing, but use your noggins, guys. Come on. Tuesday, what would you, what would you do? Tuesday night in November, I would have... It was a tenner and kids for a quid. It's not half term, though. When the original no, game was in yeah, half term, yeah. so you, you know those kids aren't coming back because it's a school night. Yeah. You know it's November in the freezing cold. Yeah. You know the emotional attachment this game has got. Yeah. Would have tried to get something out of the EFL. Yeah. Maybe the club did, and, they, yeah. and, it's, and it's the cheapest they could have done it at. Or maybe a buy one get one free out of tenner or something like that to fill the ground up. Richie alluded to it again in his post match uh, yesterday mm. about the attendance, but I mean I don't know what they expected. I don't know what they expected to happen, mm. given what it was. But there you go. That's it. There were no changes at half time for the O's, although Aaron Drinnen and Ruel Sotiriu did seem to switch positions on the pitch, as you said. Something you noticed. Uh, yeah. So, all right. And, and also, where we were sat, we had quite a high vantage point, so you could see much clearly, and we were obviously sat side on uh, from where our, our seats were for that game. Um, so we had a bird's eye view of everything. Yeah, best seats in the house, just to yeah. show you about, uh, about the, res- <laughs> the results. So, all right, second half, we'll fast forward to the 54th minutes. Brandon Cooper conceded a free kick about 30 yards out, free kick smashed into the wall, but more specifically, into Darren, Darren Prattley, who went down, but he was fine to continue. First Orient sub came in the 63rd minute. Joe Piggott was replaced by Max Sanders. Piggott, again, well, spoke about once. I mean, obviously, we're only talking about the key headlines in this game, but not much coming out of no. Piggott in that one. Uh, 69th minute, then Brandon Cooper got booked as he shoved his opponent needlessly, but picked up a book in for his troubles. Yeah, I mean, with Piggott, I mean, you know, he wasn't really getting any service either, so it wasn't just him in isolation. 
I mean, he's missed that chance. That's him. That's on him. But not being given much no, to feed off of it, it's difficult, isn't it? It, it, it? It's easy to say you never scored in that game. You were rubbish. You know, played an hour and you didn't do anything. But actually, he's had one chance in that hour. But did he score his one chance in that? No, hour? he didn't. So his conversion rate is zero percent. Zero percent. Yeah, zero. Yeah, but yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. game, you know, nothing else for him to feed, not even feeding off scraps. Well, that's a good point, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's not even scraps for him to feed off. 70 minutes on the clock now, Sorensen put a low ball into the area from the right. Makama got a deft touch on the ball, which was kept out by the feet of Solbrin. Bit of a let-off for us there. They were getting close, weren't they? Yeah. They, you could tell a goal was coming, you just didn't know which way it was going to go. So yeah. both, both defences were starting to look a bit, a bit dodgy. A minute later... Aaron Drani got in behind the Lincoln defence for the first time in the game. He beat his man, ran through on goal, shot early, but the shot was low weak and comfortably saved by Jensen. I mean, Drani, for me, never looked confident there in terms of like his own ability. He could have maybe taken it a bit a bit more forward, trying to get a slightly better angle, put his laces through after, but he didn't catch the ball cleanly like at all. But a good bit of skill to get to where he got to, but after that... I think you're right. He's lacking confidence, isn't he? Badly. He just needs a, a run of games and a run of goals, and I think he'll be unstoppable. But it's just a big if around that actually happening. Well, he scored two weeks ago. He scored in the cup, so yeah. he so he has scored uh, recently. But I don't know. You just never when you got in that position, you weren't thinking he's going to put the ball in the back of the yeah. net. You're thinking he's not going to. You're winning him on, but in deep down, you're probably thinking he's probably not going to do that, which is a shame. Yeah. Seventy three minutes now. Double substitution. Jaden Sweeney made way for Ed Turns, and Dan Prattley was replaced by Ethan Galbraith. Yeah, three minutes later, almost an instant impact for Ethan Galbraith. He unleashed a screamer from just outside the box as the ball came back out to him. He hit it beautifully. Jensen did well, tipped the ball over for a corner that came to nothing. So yeah, decent hit that, good save by the keeper. Yeah, Dan Happy. <laughs> Dan Happy was booked in the 78th minute. He tripped Jensen as he tried, uh, goalkeeper as he tried to release it early. Tried to make that look like a coming together rather than an actual sticking his foot out to trip the keeper up. That was quite funny. A minute later, Richie Wellens picked up a booking as well. And a minute later, Wellens made another substitution as Shaq Ford came on and replaced Aaron Drynan. Yeah, Richie picking up his standard match yellow card. 84 minutes then, biggest chance of the game. It went to the visitors. Long ball played forward from Lincoln. Dan Happy slipped, allowing Makana to time and space to drive forward down the right-hand side. And from a great position, he tried to beat Solbrin at his far post, but his shot went just wide. I think he'd be absolutely gutted that he never made that, made us, that he never punished us for that. Because he, that yeah. should have gone in. That should have been a goal. Dan has had a huge let-off there. Well, at first we thought Happy was fouled. And then watching it back on no, the highlights, he, like, he just slips over. Yeah. Makana, yeah, should have done much better. Put it wide. Uh, ironically, Makana scored uh, yesterday. Scored his first goal for Lincoln at the weekend. Shame. So, uh, not bad for us. But yeah, they should have They should have been ahead at that point. And then two minutes later, end-to-end stuff. Both teams obviously looking for the winner. And this time, the biggest chance for the O's in the match. Long ball played forward by Tom James on the right. Knocked down into the area. Touched on nicely by Shaq Ford. Into the path for Rails to you. Great position just to keep it to beat. But Rails' low shot was saved by Jensen. He should have scored range. that. How many times a season are we going to say Ross Terry should have scored that? He's, he misses the easy chances and scores the impossibles. He scores the tight angles and the distances and, and, and the wide and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then the stuff where he should be, that should be bread and butter, for some reason it just doesn't come off for him. I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. And, and the consistency, it just, just isn't there. And, and that goal would have changed that game and we would have won that game because obviously, as we all know, two, two, two minutes later they score and win the blooming game. That doesn't happen if, if 
our strikers are more clinical or Piggy scores in the first half, then we're either looking at a, at least a point out of this game, not a loss. Yeah, big miss there. It's, it's such it's not it's fine margins in a game that's been absolute dross. In a game where there's been literally nothing to talk about, and we spent five or seven minutes talking about this dross of a game that we're <laughs> waffling on about now, and here we are right at the end of the game, and we squandered a chance, squandered a golden chance, and it's just frustrating and irritating in equal measure. Yeah, don't disagree. And like we said, the goal did come two minutes later. Went to the visitors, had some patient football from them. So the ball comes to Ethan Hamilton in a central position. He had time and space from just outside the box. His low shot squirmed into Solvay's left-hand corner to put the Imps 1-0 up to effectively win the game. I mean, everyone's seen that guy. It's a poor soft goal to concede. Really, is just a poor soft goal. I've got no other words for it, really. We shouldn't be conceding those sorts of goals, but if, we'd have, if Ruel had scored that goal, I'm not Ruel bashing, I'm a big fan, but if he scores that goal, then we're not even having this conversation. And we're probably talking about three points from that rather than none. Yeah, you'd expect so. So 1-0 to the visitors, seven minutes of additional time went up, and unfortunately with no further action to talk about, the ref brought the match to a close with the full-time whistle as the O's fell to a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Lincoln City to give their new manager, Michael Scubala, his first three points and they celebrated it. And there were quite a few boos actually. I didn't notice it at the time. Yeah. I heard a few yeah. uh, on the balcony, but they're watching the highlights back. There's a few. There's a, 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 it was terrible. We, we, that was a boring, terrible game that we've ended up losing and, and having two golden chances in either half and, and taken none of them. They get one terrible chance. They get one, not even the golden chance, they have one chance and score it. That that we've talked about, they've not. Solbrin's barely had anything to do in in this game, and the one thing he is doing is picking it out the back of the ball out the back of the net, or trying to dribble it around attacking players, which is oh he the, did uh, dummy a couple he of done it, done it a yeah, couple of times. One that, he was quite lucky to get away with, very lucky. Yeah, we should have <laughs> mentioned that, but I mean that's kind of like that makes you itch a bit thinking about that. Um, Richie Wellens' interview is 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 long out now, so we're not going to play that now. But that loss did mean we slipped the place to 14th in League One as we've now played 17, won five, drawn five, lost seven. We've got a minus six goal difference and we're on 20 points at the conclusion of the Lincoln game. Shame. Uh, my views on that, Go for short it. and sweet. Again, we had so much of the ball and didn't do anywhere near enough. We didn't test Jensen enough, so it all felt a bit boring, a bit lacklustre. Uh, I thought Rich's team selection was wrong. I thought he got that one wrong on the day. I thought this wing-back system doesn't really seem to suit us with the players, to your point earlier. The Sweeney is a square peg, a wing-back square peg round hole. Um, I agree. Our personnel don't really seem to either fit or enjoy the system that's being played. I'm not sure which way round it is. There seems to be some disconnect somewhere. Like the players are nervous or antsy or anxious or something just isn't right with the system, the structure or the game plan. I don't know what. It just needs to be changed. I think we've missed, grossly missed the the width that Theo Archibald and Jordan Graham gave yeah. us. Uh, so thank God. Um, although you know, Jordan's been you know, on a recovery plan now and he's had his staples out. Um, you know Theo would be back for the weekend which was great but you can see how badly missed they are sucker punch of a goal no one closed the man down his shot was poor didn't deserve that goal and a game that shouldn't have been replayed in the first place um, so to be in a winning position and then you know from the first game and then to walk away with nothing is really it stinks and it's horrible and I just want to forget about it I wonder what happens right <clears throat> say it's compared to April and if it's happened and I hope it doesn't I don't think it will but what if Orient get relegated by a point. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if that if those lost points become 
a huge part in the end of the season. Be very right, interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, me for me that should have been the easiest team talk of all time. Pre-match going into that, those players should have been going out ready to rampage. That they all of them should have been itching to get on that pitch and do the business. However, we saw eleven men out there who, from what I could see. Couldn't have really cared less whether where they were at home on a Tuesday night or out on the pitch. There was no desire, there was no effort. It was completely lacking on Tuesday night. I think maybe you could say, again, and try and look back, we had a good game. I think Idris done all right from what I can remember. There was no one there driving that team forward or encouraging the team. I can't remember who the captain was, but the captain might have been Idris. Oh, no encouragement. Richie shouting his head off. Just, I don't know what went wrong there. Line up, we've talked about. Tactics, yeah, square pegs and round holes. You can play wing backs if you've got Archibald, although he's not a wing back, but he can take you up the pitch. You can do it with Graham just about. Can't do it with Rob Hunt and Jane Sweeney. It's not, it's not what they're good at. They'll get to a certain point up the pitch and won't know what to do. Which That's is what why we were coming back all the time. Effectively right? happened, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I've got Elmiz and Tom James played well at a push. For me, I think what I noticed was when you were making the changes or Richie was making the changes the game was crying out for George Moncur now whether George Moncur isn't fit overweight whatever we've spoken about this again on the podcast if you're not going to bring George Moncur on in that game then when are you going to bring George Moncur on nil-nil no creativity no productivity by this point I think Dryden's playing as the 10 if you can't bring Moncur on at that point or rather than Shaq Ford on then what is George Moncur doing at the club like, I, I wanted mm. I've not been Moncur's biggest fan this season but I was almost crying out to see Moncur get on that pitch. Couldn't have done any worse than what we were seeing on that pitch. But yeah, real shame, considering what was at stake in that game, the emotional attachment, the whole uh, element behind it, it was just yeah, not very good. Lots of work needed to put right, and lots of decisions for Richie to make against Wigan on Saturday. Hmm. But bearing in mind, yeah, about the build-up, they did play on the Saturday as well. You would have thought they would have been absolutely chomping at yeah. the bit to go out there, and you couldn't see the team, I guess, differently because it just wasn't there. They had a few days off. It was not there. Well. The intensity wasn't there. The desire wasn't there at all. That's the most disappointing part. Mm. If they would have played well, sweat for the shirt, and could see and battered them, could see like create twenty chances, hit the post, bar keepers, Jensen's play like the match of his life, and they've got a lucky go go. All right, it happens sometimes in football, but what? Pick it ended over from the bar. So two is Mr. Sitter. Dryden didn't look comfortable. What, three chances in that game? Not good enough. Spot on. Not good enough. Yeah, spot on. So those were our views. Huge amount of feedback after this match, as you can probably imagine. So thanks to everyone for your views that came into our social media accounts. And again, just because we're about to read them, or just because we do read them, it doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with them. A lot of them are in there because people have the right to their opinions, rightly or wrongly, uh, and we put them in for balance. MS Orient kicks us off this week and says, say it again, thousands spent on the midfield, much of it spent on an absolute turgid fortune on agents' fees, signing-on fees, etc. Absolutely nothing invested up front where we needed it the most in the summer and the January budget has been spunked. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with, I disagree with that because Joe Piggott is on decent money. You know, you, you can't sign three or four centre-forwards. You have to make your choice and they've got to live with their choice. Piggott was the choice. So they have invested. Adji has obviously been brought in, not played. So I don't I don't kind of agree with that one, but I kind of see where you're coming from. I think E10 underscore rifles articulates it better in his next one. But I was just saying, you need to get rid of Dryden and Piggott and Morel and get replacements who can hit the back of the net. 16 goals in 17 league games 
is a disgrace. But look, Drynan is going nowhere. Richie loves him. Works hard for the team. Piggott is going nowhere. Just signed. Decent deal. He's not going anywhere. No. And Rell, I'd be amazed if we sell Rell as our top goal scorer. So, I don't think it's as easy as saying get rid of him because I don't think they go anywhere. I mean, if you're a League One club, let's be honest, do you think Aaron Drynan gets a transfer to a League One club? Say say you release Aaron Drynan tomorrow, right? Do we think Aaron Drynan ends up at another League One club? I don't. No. Bigger? It would be a lower end, it would be a League Two side. I think so. So, yeah. yeah. See the frustrations though with V10 on the score, right? It course. is. It is a bit frustrating. And, and if Ruel, you know, although he's our leading scorer, he could be in double figures by now if he was more clear. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, with that, and the easy ones he misses the other week where he's in front of goal and he heads over from five or six yards out. Uh, as well, just another example. Again, I'm sorry to sound like I'm Ruel bashing. I'm not. I'm a big fan, and I want him to do so well. Especially when he's one of your own. He's come through your academy. You want these kids to do well because it then sets the precedent and the runway for other kids to come through and also do well and shine. Um, so he's a he's a classic. Him and Dan Happy, classic examples of good players that can that can definitely push on and and do better. Trousers Techno, poor, poor quality game, very low quality performance from LOFC. The first half was a yawn fest, the second wasn't much better. Passing was poor, movement was poor, commitment and the effort was the same. We got what we deserved, although Lincoln were poor too. See, I, I disagree, I don't think we got I think a nil-nil was probably what we deserved off of that. Okay. I, think, I, think, I think a fair result would have been nil-nil. If you're the Lincoln manager though, you go, you played a blinder because you've come set up, be hard to beat, not concede a goal, they didn't concede a goal and then they licked it in the 8th and 9th minute. He, he, will, he will be like, we've we played out a game plan perfectly. I can't imagine that his bosses will be particularly pleased with the performance but then he'll say, well, who got three points? Exactly, yeah. Um, and yeah. that's all that matters. If, that was all, if, if we had put in a performance like Lincoln, to say we go Bristol Rovers on Tuesday, yeah. Get back, not get battered, but hold out for a nil nil and lick it in the 89th minute. Right. We, we, we aren't going more. I'm not terrible sit here and say, yeah. Yeah. We say terrible performance, but we've got all three points. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, so if there's a Lincoln City podcast recording tonight, they're probably going, oh, <coughs> not, not the best, but we licked it. Brilliant. Mm. Happy days. Yeah. yeah David right. Sears, Freeze, and Rubbish. Strikers can't score. No Theo in the lineup. Takes away all of our attacking threat. Outside of him, we have no width. Edging closer to the bottom four. The bottom line is that we weren't good enough again. Mm. When was our last win? Pills the Dome Man said, we are just so flat. I can't understand why we looked the side who had played on Saturday. We were crying out for some quality in the final third. Why Monks never came on to playing behind Ruandrin and is totally beyond me. Yeah, I can't. I agree with that. More jigs and feel like integrity didn't even come close. They had a new manager and we had injuries. And I cannot get my head around the justification of tonight. For some reason, I honestly thought... They would give us a goal. I dare say, if the old manager was in, that conversation may well have happened. Never happening. But it didn't happen, and it didn't uh, didn't work out that way. Our Coral one nine seven two said another poor performance. Team selection was laughable. With every game that passes, I feel Richie Wellens is out of his depth in League One. Ryan Peanut said, "Not surprised. We started six League Two players. No wingers. No depth. No striker." Only Orient could lose a game that we already won. <laughs> Richie J. Bourne said, poor game, lacking, lacked a cutting edge. Brim was lucky not to get caught out, dwelling on the ball. Happy is a liability again, lucky to stay on the pitch. Missed the runner in the first half uh, behind him, fell in the second, when, which, which Lincoln didn't capitalise on, and he stood off the scorer. So maybe that's what Richie not was losing to, yeah. yeah. Not his best game. M8XYL said, lacklustre. Desperately lacking any width and creativity. Aside from that, the EFL should hang their heads in shame. Should never have been replayed. And possibly the worst referee performance I've seen. 
Brisbane Road ruined it. Sunshine LOFC said Lincoln smashed and grabbed in a game that should have never been played in the first instance. Having said that, Orient lacked a creative spark and on top of that, the ref had an absolute shocker. All in all, a bad night in E10. Joe Jester 16, I thought this was quite a good tweet actually. He says, why on earth are we carrying out with this shape when it was only effective because of Theo and Graham? Hunt and Sweeney both look so uncomfortable and ineffective there. The only area we have decent depth in right now is in midfield and we leave them all on the bench. For what? Great point. Dave Brew, 47976911. That was two awful teams, and in the end, we managed to out-awful them. We had a spell of 10 minutes when we should have scored and didn't. No intensity, no cohesion, nothing. A truly terrible display. No one gets man of the match. They were all awful. Actually, Tom James looked really unhappy and really uncomfortable getting man of the match. Yeah, so obviously we were there, like, like we mentioned, uh, when a man of the match comes out for an interview, I mean, Tom James didn't come out, didn't appear to what, half 25 past 10, half yeah. 10, and when he did come out, he had nothing to say. You could tell uh, they'd had the proverbial uh, told to him, I would imagine. Oh, he'd given him an absolute rollicking in that dressing room, no question. Yeah, as he should have done. Yeah, George underscore Bone underscore uh, Wellens got it wrong. Most frustrating thing there is that they weren't much better than us. Ralph think his shot at the end. Sums this one up. Game to forget. On to Saturday. Yeah, Dirk Turk said, Home form is becoming an issue. Any combination of these forwards doesn't seem to work. No goals from the midfield. Defence did okay, but against a limited Lincoln side. Tough test coming up on Saturday. The occasional one. So in the 47 years I've been going over here, I don't think I've seen us lose to a worse team than Lincoln. They were awful. And we weren't much better. And don't make the error of thinking we are too good to go down either. Les LK52 said, Two poor sides, we desperately need some creativity. I fail to see why Galbraith isn't starting unless we start finding the back of the net. I genuinely see a relegation battle looming. Lots of fans saying we'll be fine. We won't. You don't score goals, you don't win games. Good point there from Les. D. Groden, lovely to meet you, uh, Mr. Groden. Obviously, uh, we were there with ET, ET Clay. He was a guest as well. It says, Wrong tactics, muddled starting 11, baffling substitutes. Second home game in a row that Richie has got it wrong. I'm a massive fan of his, but something is not right. Big test coming up on Saturday. Freddie LOFC said January is a big January is bigger than what most people think. We need to offload a few players and bring in some real quality to ensure our safety. With no Graham in the team, we create nothing. We need to bring in a winger, an attacking player as well as a striker. Otherwise, I fear for us. Can't, I just can't see it. I just can't see that amount of players coming in. in that, in not that just shifting three or yeah, four out. Yeah, Stroud Greeno. Said, I've witnessed many a bad night at Brisbane Road and that was far from the worst. But when, considering the selection, our performance, the all-round quality shown by both teams and the actual result itself is up there with the more rounded, steaming piles of turds that I've seen. Mark Ross, six, <laughs> very descriptive. Mark Ross, 636-89509. Said, as poor as we've been, at least Richie's interview was honest. Injuries aren't helping us, but that was poor. Don't know why turns didn't start. Uh, leaving James at wing back over Sweeney, who offers nothing in the opposition's half. Need a big performance now on Saturday. D John's nineteen ninety eight. Did understand the logic of taking Piggott off and then driving off and then pumping balls into the box from a front line all under the height of six foot. I think we need to head back to the four three three rather than the three four three system of Archibald. Further forward, that's a good point. Obviously, towards the end, they're just lumping long balls up. But at this point, you've taken off all your tall ones. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It is a good point. And the 4 3 3, I'm very much in favour of going to, I said it on Saturday, a flat back four. A flat back four will, will do us well. Cooper and Happy with James and one of Hunt or Sweeney as left backs. 
right? Because it works. They know they're comfortable and all this fancy tinkering and ticket like just flat back four and then you build whatever around that moving forwards and how you need your creative players to be. You can figure that out in the midfield. But for me, a flat back four is where we need to be. It doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be Jose Mourinho esque or, or really sort of pretty. It just needs to be effective, uh, and play players in those positions where they know that's they're comfortable in those positions. Evie Stark said, "I've just seen Richie Wellens' interview. A lot of the players didn't play well tonight, but to single out Happy, I think was unfair. Richie Wellens needs to look closer at home at his starting eleven. Why didn't he start Galbraith, and why was Atiria in midfield? Too late with the subs again, too." Why does it take the whole bench to have a long, in-depth meeting about what substitutes they're going to bring on? Rich is the manager. Make a choice. Bring the sub on before we concede a goal. Good point. Good point. Ian Hutchinson, 08. It's very, very uninspiring. The lack of any real quality in the final third is astonishing. Playing a left and right back as wing-backs baffles me. These positions must be attack-minded players or you always go backwards. The game was there for the taking. No plan B when needed. Uh, Paul Skinner, 88, said, I still don't see the sporting integrity in being 1-0 up for 82 minutes but somehow losing 1-0. Makes no sense. Not that performance deserved anything by the sounds of it. Somehow we'll manage to finish three points away from the playoffs and this game will have made the difference. So, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it is something like that where you think, oh, if that Lincoln game hadn't been replayed, we could have ended up X or Y. Alan Reeves, too. So I'm generally concerned now. I've seen this before under Ross. Well, I say Ross Embleton was in the building. He was. Tuesday, nice to like, see him, good yeah. to see him, yeah. Slow, sideways, and backwards passing. Looks pretty, but nothing going forward and ultimately lose the game. It's too kind of miserable to go and constantly sit through that Brisbane Road. Won't be long before fans stop going. Alan, there weren't many fans there anyway, mate. That, there wasn't really 7,000 people there. One <laughs> <laughs> and ref with GC said, a dire game with neither, neither side deserving to win. And once again, our defenders were playing statues and failed to close down the scorer, albeit the weak shot was deflected past Sol. Without Theo out, uh, with sorry, with Theo out, we literally have no attacking players, wide attacking players with crossing ability. January seems a long way off. Final word on this one, Lynn. Let's put it to bed. Lawton Gamst said that was like watching an Ori performance in the pre-Richie days, sadly. But we're used to better now. Not a great at all, but hopefully this is just a bit of a blip. The inability to be clinical on a consistent basis in the final third is a reoccurring theme. Though. Yeah, so we've spent nearly half an hour talking about rubbish games, so sorry for that, but that is now covered. <laughs> the prediction league for that one. Well done, Jeff Cole, 18, and Alexander J. Rose, uh, one as well as Wrecker Blue App. You all correctly predicted the result, unfortunately, and you will get three points. We'll do a top of the prediction league table roundup at the end of the show. Wednesday, 22nd of November, then. Quiet day at the club. No news to report. And then the following day, Thursday, the 23rd, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners in the US yes. and Canada. Absolutely. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving if they were <laughs> celebrating. Friday, the 24th of November, two birthdays in the house. Happy 30th to O's forward Joe Piggott and also happy birthday to O's ladies captain Grace Alexander. I hope uh, mm. you all had a lovely day. A lot of birthdays in this episode. Yeah, very much so. Um, Frank Clark's granddaughter. Not yeah. to, you know, she's a person in her own right, but... <laughs> For association, that's important. 25th of November, the Saturday, was very happy birthday to Vice Chairman, our favourite Texan, Kent Teague. Oh, what a ledge. Hope you had the best day. But the main event on Saturday, you all know, was to be Wigan Athletic at home. Before the game, we ran our infamous Twitter poll to find out how you thought the Oath would get on in this one. We had 337 votes. You voted as follows, with 21% of you thinking the O's would get a draw. 
36% of you confident lot say the O's would win, but less confident of you, 43% say the O's would lose the game. So as always, thank you for all of your votes in our Twitter poll. Indeed we do. Team was announced at 2 o'clock. Sol Brinning goal with James Happy Cooper turns. Uh, Archibald Brown, El Miz in the midfield and Soteriu Ford and Joe Pigger finished the lineup. Subs uh, for this one were Howes, Hunt, Prattley, Galbraith, Moncur, Adji and Drynan. Yeah, so that side saw four changes to the side that started on Tuesday night against Lincoln. There's Ed Turns, Jordan Brown, Theo Archibald and Shaq Ford all coming to start, whilst Aaron Drynan, Dan Prattley and Rob Hunt were named on the bench. Most notably, and a very nice surprise, Dan Adji made his first matchday squad of the season, as he took his seat on the bench. Is Jaden Sweeney completely dropped out of the squad? Ben and Lejarne, your thoughts when you saw that team at 2pm? Yeah, surprised the way that Drinan has been benched, but not shocked. Um, good to see Jordan Brown and Theo Archibald back. And as for seeing Adji back, I mean, it seems like he's at least a month or so ahead of where he should be. So he's obviously either he's a fast healer or they've just been saying January, January, just to kind of manage expectations. Yeah. And he's back well early so that's down to Dan probably working hard Keaton yeah. and the medical team at Leighton Orient doing absolute wonders there and and the medical help that they got Dan when it first happened so yeah delighted with that just just an interesting lineup. You know, some good options on the bench um, as well but I think that's more of a side that I would like to see well obviously Brown wasn't available so he comes in to the team for his suspension same with Archibald, who comes back after his injury. Turns, it transpires, wasn't 100% fit on Tuesday. And Shaq Ford, I guess, done all right, didn't he? Yeah. On, uh, on Tuesday. For me, yeah, <clears throat> changes needed to be made. Four changes, good for me. Hope Adji isn't being rushed back, based on the current plight of the team. But great to see him involved. And again, no injury updates. So what's happened to Sanders and Sweeney? Do you think Sanders was... Or Sweeney, to be fair, were any worse than any of the other nine players on the pitch. So, interesting one there. It's probably fair to say there was a lot, again, a lot of tweets at 2 o'clock when that team was announced. A lot of reaction to it. Yeah, Apostolos Andre 9 kicks off and says, need some attacking flair in central midfield, so I would have started with Moncur or Galbraith. Don't disagree with that. Sunny M222, I think that's a new Twitter handle, says Galbraith needs to start this one. Very short and sweet there. And LOFC Teresa, nice to see you, Teresa, as well. Good to have Theo and Brown back. And Ford getting a start. Aggie on the bench uh, as well. Would love to see Ethan Gabraith on early. We must score today. Ron Sampson, 15. It's wonderful to see Ford start. Listen to Dryden. Ford is far from the finished article, but he is miles better than Dryden. I hope the lad scores today. Ron, <laughs> do you... Uh, Got the lottery numbers. Stick around, Ron. You might uh, be in for a treat. Ed turns, v Ed turns said, good to see Ford is starting. Hope Aggie gets some game time. Paul Red Realm said, I find it hard that Richie can't find a place for Galbraith when surely Theo can't be 100%. But on the plus side, Aggie on the subs bench is interesting. Yeah, Len Chin Chin one with the final comment on this said, need a better game than Tuesday. Wigan are a good side in a false position in the table noted, uh, re- uh, relating that to the fact that they had eight points deducted well, say, yeah. uh, they would be much higher up the table Wig, uh, several of their international players are injured must have clinical playing chances taken a solid defence and no easy giveaways a loss can see a drop in the table Dan Aggie on the bench plus four changes yes as always Len rounds up nicely so they've actually got underway at a sunny but very cold Brisbane road as the team's met at E10 for the first time this century and with just a minute on the clock we're going to were awarded a penalty as they spread the ball out to the right. Sean Clare got round right the back of here, Archibald. He played the ball but was clearly taken out by Solbrin 
who picked up a booking for his troubles. And after quite a lengthy pause and surrounded by Wigan players, the referee pointed to the penalty spot. No arguments for me. Penalty all day. Although it did take the ref quite a while to come to that conclusion. Mm. And seemingly as he was like... Berated, uh, berated by, by about four Wigan players in a circle around him. You weren't sure he wasn't going to give that, was it? Because it looked like it looked like it because the man had already played the ball before he got when he got wiped out, and the ball had gone away. Well, he crossed the ball in, and just as he crosses it, he gets taken out. There weren't many appeals from Wigan players. No, not until like he'd paused. I'm assuming they were waiting for him to give the. I think if you look at Brin, once he takes his man out, Brin is 100% expecting the referee to point to the spot and is quite surprised when he doesn't as he casually walk, like runs back into his goal. <laughs> but eventually gave it. No surprise, I guess. Upset Humphreys, who smashed his spot kick so hard, it hit the post and almost like hit the corner flag. Pinged out wide, yeah, went out for a throw-in. <laughs> uh, I, we turned up late um, because the centre-line was down. So oh. all I've, I've come along and I've seen the, the I've seen Humphrey standing there waiting to take his penalty. Oh, you, you didn't see the penalty live? You didn't I see saw the, the penalty. No, you didn't see the incident live. I didn't see the incident. <laughs> We've turned up and I'm standing at the top of the steps and I'm like, oh, blimey. How, how, oh, how late oh, are we? Oh. Yeah, frustrating, but it is what it is and, and delighted that he didn't score that, obviously, because that, that would have been a terrible game if we'd have conceded that early. Good play from Orient in the eighth minute. Saw Sol Brin ping a kick to Theo Archibald to skip past a challenge from Claire. Run down the left-hand side. Cross was met by Joe Piggott. His header was saved by Sam Tickle in the Wigan goal. I don't want to bash Piggott. I've got better things to do than to talk about Orient's number nine, not being very good at the moment. He was in the air for so long there. He's clearly jumped so early for the ball not got power on his head up. Again... Bread and butter. If that was Harry Smith, we'd all be kicking off going mental. Because his ability is in the air. Mm. Piggott should be doing much better there. Even the commentator on the highlights goes, if he puts it either side of the keeper, it keeps having to work. Literally puts it at the keeper. So, frustrating there. I'm not going to go on about uh, about that because no one wants to listen to a 43-year-old bitter bloke go they on do. about a forward. That's what they tune in for. <laughs> what they pay the money for. Absolutely. 12th minute, clever build-up play, which started us defending. So, some nice play of Idris El Mazzouni and Jordan Brown. He played a very clever ball into the path of Theo Archibald on the left. But Theo's snap shot went wide when he was at a decent angle. Theo Archibald looked in the mood yesterday, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he was well up for it yesterday. There's cool. some games where you get the feeling if he knows he can beat his right back that he's just going to pound them he's going to love which it. we saw a couple of times last season mm. got the feeling yesterday that he had that feeling very early on and thought yeah I can. I know I can go around you fairly easily so I'm just going to take you on at every given opportunity I can do mm. but that was a great ball from Jordan Brown mm. really was quarter of an hour now Wigan played some good football which eventually saw them attack down the left hand side Cross came up, Ed turns, Dan Happy did well to stop that and went out for a corner that eventually came to nothing. In the 18th minute, though, the O's took the lead. There's a long goal kick from Sol Brin, found ahead of Joe Piggott. Piggott done well there. It's not all I do, but Piggott. He done well to knock the ball forward to Satouyu, who controlled it, played a short pass into the path of Shaq Ford, who sent a wonderful curling effort past Tickle. I can't really take this goalkeeper seriously with a name like Tickle. Yeah. Like Mr. Tickle. It's got like big hands, like big, like. Wiry hands. How he can reach each corner of the goal without really moving. The irony of that one. Yeah. Anyway, Ford's goal smashed into the back of that past the call. O's with one up. 
Great strike. Well played, Shaq Ford. Yeah, that was a tremendous. He's taken that. He's just got the ball out from under his feet and he's curled an absolute beauty in. Very good goal. Love that. Very Done much well. So. Just yeah. what the doctor ordered. Absolutely. Ron Sampson, there you go, sir. 18 <laughs> minutes on the clock now. Almost another one for the O's. Joe Piggott closed down. His defender won the ball, backheeled it to Ford, who put the ball wide when he had time, space and some options. Now, he's going to obviously be disappointed. The, the juices are flowing here. He's just scored. You know, it's all going well for him. So, uh, how, like, I was sitting there, like, how's he missed that? Yeah. He should have done better there, which he knows he should have done. To prove yeah. that I don't dislike Joe Piggott, again, second time, I think Piggott does really well. Wins the ball and plays the perfect back heel into the path for Ford, and Ford should have really scored that. When watching the highlights back, Ford has options, right? Ford, Piggott, if he plays the ball back into Piggott, Piggott's onside and will and we'll score that, or 99% score that. <laughs> Wrong decision from Ford. I know why he shoots. He just got like you said, juices are flowing, the adrenaline's going through his body, but an utter hash of a finish. And like Richie says in his post match, if we score that goal, game over. I don't think we're going to come back from two 0 down. I agree. Even at that early stage, totally agree. I think heads we, of go- I heads think of I think gun. it's done. Yeah, and it's a very different feeling podcast. However, yeah. he yeah. didn't score. We have to go on, and then Piggott gets booked here. For- <laughs> Joe Piggott gets booked in the 25th minute for a foul. Quite a lot of bookings on this week's podcast. Loads of bookings in this week's one. Theo Archibald tried his luck from distance, just shy of the half-hour mark. Tickle ended up making a really good diving save to deny him. Oh, that was a save for the cameras all day long. The thing I love about Theo Archibald, and it's the same with the crosses, he doesn't need any type of run-up or like a big pull-back of his leg to get power. We've seen him do it with crosses as well. Mm. His technique is that good. If you watch it, it literally doesn't take any kind of run-up to the ball. Gets an awful lot of power on it. Decent effort. Keepers get there all day long. Well yeah. done, Tickle. Hope you got the uh, picture you deserved out of that one. <laughs> yeah, one for, the, uh, one for the cinema room. Um, <laughs> a few minutes we've been playing. Uh, I'm going to be going up to the 37th minute next, but between sort of the half-hour mark, seven or eight minutes worth of play, a you know, lot of pressure from us, but never made it count. A lot of camping inside their half, around their box, but we just couldn't make it count. And then 37 minutes... Uh, there was some more good play by Theo down our left-hand side. His cross was met by Shatford, set it for Joe Piggott, whose low shot was fumbled and saved by Sam Tickle. And again, you probably argue that if he places that better, then that's a goal. I mean, that's probably slightly critical, but yeah. Okay, obviously that one, that one wasn't on the highlights. In the 38th minute, another booking for the O's as Tom James got his yellow as he was booked for a foul. Yeah, the referee was handing out cards a lot, a lot for us, but not so much for them. Um, to be honest, I mean, one or two of ours, you know, most of ours were deserved, to be fair. One or two were, were tactical. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't think Tom James's one from memory was uh, necessary. Six minutes of added time went up. Brandon Cooper gave away a free kick right, uh, sorry, out on the right-hand side uh, by the byline. Wigan's sh- um, short routine uh, saw Humphreys run uh, from the right and into a more central position, and he ended up firing low from outside the area into the bottom corner past uh, Solbrin to equalise and make it 1-1. Poor for us to concede that. Good routine from them. Liked it. Bit changed, but there were so many defenders in the way. I don't see how that ball's got through. That's not Solbrin's fault. He's seen that late and there was no way that he could save that. But, you know, no one's pressing the man. No one's closing him out. No, like, We've got like seven or eight men in the box and he still finds the bottom corner. It's D- ridiculous. Disappointed. I think, first of all, the Bradley Cooper's Giving away the free kick is like really poor. Bradley Cooper's, Cooper's been excellent since he's been with us. I think we he was pretty poor on Tuesday and he's 
buy the sales of it pretty poor again yesterday. Yeah, it was. Just put your laces through it and just clear the ball. Don't let it bounce because he gets he lets the ball bounce and then his mate gets ahead of him, concedes the foul, and they equalise. But even from the free kick, Elmiz is, is is with Humphreys and then just drops off Humphreys and then Tom Jones is far too slow to get out to Humphreys when he's kind of lining his shot up. So very disappointing from a defensive aspect. I'm sure Richie watching that back wouldn't be happy with that no. at all. So one all in, no further talking points as the ref brought the first half to a close with the teams tied at a goal apiece. Yeah, much better than the Lincoln game, um, to be fair, but we do look anxious in defence. We do look anxious and nervous. What has they, happened? They stretch us, is it? I don't know. I, we, well, we looked, at, I, we so looked like that against Oxford. We looked like that against Oxford. We were fired <clears> up until the Oxford game. When Oxford came, we looked petrified of them. And since then, the defence has not looked the same. Something isn't right in that squad. I think, like we said against Lincoln, like either they don't like the structure and the setup, they don't like the way we're being, the tactics that are being uh, put on them, um, or people are just upset, annoyed, or, or, or I, I don't know. There's, but there's just something that just isn't right. Okay, I think you're gonna go back to that point, aren't you? Maybe in your views, maybe. <clears throat> All right, okay. Tim just announced eight thousand five hundred seventeen. I think that probably was eight thousand five hundred seventeen there. Yesterday. It was packed out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, with one thousand one hundred and fifteen. Away fans, decent attendance, as you would expect from Wigan, one of the biggest teams in the league one. Yeah, yeah. Also had their hardship. They were yes. forty eight hours from going bust. Yeah, I did a Lincoln po- uh, a Wigan podcast. I beg your pardon during the week, um, and their guy was telling me that you know although that you know, they've got a low budget for this season because you know financial pressures, they're under a transfer embargo. They've got a good group of young yes. players. Um, their game last week. Uh, was cancelled due to international call-ups. Five or six players are international call-ups. I think some of them might be loan signings from sort of Premier League clubs. They're based in the northwest, so there's some big Premier League clubs up there. And off the back of that, you know, they're young, inexperienced, but very talented. So if you've got someone that can marshal that, you know, Wigan won't be uh, in in the position that they're in for very yeah. for, for very long. So you know, that wasn't going to be an easy game by any stretch. You know, regardless of what anyone might say, um, no changes at half time for Orient as we got the second half underway. And we'll fast forward to the 59th minute. We're going to skip a quarter of an hour. Superb opportunities. Royal Soteriu led a break. His superb ball was threaded through to Shackford, whose cross across the goal mouth was defended by Hughes with Joe Piggott waiting at the back post. That was a superb passage of play. Don't worry. And I, I, maybe, maybe in that case, Ford should have shot. Okay, I thought Ford did. I thought that was the right option, actually. He did well, but had he have shot, he may have caught that. Because what he did do didn't work. The big argument here for me, <clears throat> and this is why I keep turning around to people behind me and saying, no, that's not what happens, is that if you've got... a Number nine, who can anticipate what's happening. <clears throat> Maybe Piggott should be moving and not being where he is, moving towards the ball, because yeah. he's not moving towards the ball. If you've got a real strike of quality, you could argue that he anticipates that. If, if that's Kevin Lisby, for example, who had a knack of going, right, Shaq Ford's going to ping this into the box. I think this is going to go into the middle, hmm. not to the back post, yeah. and anticipate where it's going. So... You can say maybe four should have shot. If that's a two, I think it's two shoots all day long from that position. But you I know, agree. if you've got a more if you've got a more not a reactive but a more active forward, one who's going to get you that amount of goals a season, anticipates it, it goes right, I'm going to get ahead of that defender because I know where that ball's going. Yeah. Maybe, but then again, Piggott and Ford haven't played together that often, so yeah. maybe he doesn't know his strength of his game. Sixty fifth minute, mistake by Brandon Cooper. He missed time to clear I mean he didn't even clear the ball, he literally just 
kind of ducked his head out of the way of the ball. Joe's got him down the left from his cross with a goal. Uh, pretty much gaping down, happy, done well to clear the danger. Yeah, that's about the third time he's made a mistake that's put us in trouble in the game. Yeah, very characteristic. Yeah, so again, something's not quite right. Two minutes later, double sub for the O's. Brandon Cooper was replaced by Rob Hunt. Joe Piggott came off for Aaron Dryner, so that was the last thing that Brandon Cooper contributed to the game. Yeah, off straight after that. 75th minute in, Rob Hunt charged another hit back past Watts. Tickles clearance belts off Hunt and went out for a goal kick. Just a little bit of luck. When luck's on the side, that literally hits Hunt and flies into the yeah. back. Of the net. Just, just but that was good, good closing down by Rob Hunt. Um, good pressure from us as well to, to try and put the, uh, the pressure on them. Rob Hunt was booked in the 79th minute for a tactical foul. Don't mind that. When we say tactical foul, we mean blatant foul. Yeah, <laughs> to stop them from getting away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In the 80th minute, Theo Archibald eh, gets, hit, gets a booking as well as he conceded a free kick to the left of the box. Yeah, lucky. He was lucky not to get booked earlier in the game where he shoved his man uh, by the west stand, uh, the northwest stand, and their man goes flying over the advertising oh, really? into the stand. Doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. It could have really hurt the guy, actually. That was a bit unkind. 82 minutes, another double sub for the Ozers. Real Soturio was replaced by George Moncur. Shaq Ford was replaced by debutant Dan Aggie. Good to see Dan on the pitch. Straight into action as he won a free kick, which ultimately come to nothing. Yeah, uh, 89 minutes on the clock. Aaron Drinham played in the aforementioned Dan Aggie, but his shot was blocked by Hughes. What a debut that would have been if had he uh, yeah, got imagine. an 89th minute winner. Four minutes of added time playing this one. No further talking points and the game brought to a close with the points shared at Brisbane <coughs> Road. So Richie Wellen spoke today, Victor, after the game. It's about a five-minute interview. Here's what Richie Wellen's had to say post-match today, Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. Is that the response you wanted after Tuesday night? Not after 30 seconds, no. Um, I think they're a good team. But I wouldn't. I don't think there's many better front fours. Ian Lang, Humphreys, but Manaman. Um, the kid who came on Goldo. Been, been many in this league. Um, and we started a game in a pattern of play which they don't play with no striker. So they play with... Humphreys drifting out on the left and, and Lang drifting out on the right and they want you to suck you into areas to switch the play and then get runners from wide areas through pockets and it was a mirror image of what we'd worked on and what we'd shown the players yesterday the first 30 seconds for the penalty um, and, we, and we had one or two more moments in the first half where, where when they break they, they break with, with speed and they have some really good for me I think Humphreys is one of the best players in the league um, he's sharp he's strong and he's quick and um, and he threatened us a few times, but I think we threatened them probably a lot more today. We could have had a lot more goals, um, and I think it was a really, really good response. Disappointing on Tuesday, disappointed with our performance, disappointed with my performance, disappointed with the performance of the players, disappointed with the performance and response from the supporters. But today is a big, um, a big improvement against a team that is. Every, every time they play in League One, I know they've got the points and, and, and the stuff that have happened in the past, but every time this club, their, their club, play in League One, they invariably win it. Um, Coldwell won it. Um, Cookie won it. They probably won it. So they, they win League One, a really, really big club at this level. So some good players, good manager. I really enjoyed that the game tactically, um, rather than Tuesday night where it's you know, a team come for a point and we'll slow and lethargic. I thought it was a good game. And it's well taken goal from Shaq Ford. He came close to doubling that advantage moments later. Yeah, a bit of a turning point in the game because I think if we scored two there, especially with our press, when we get our press right, we're a good team. But when we don't, it's just, again, a youngness 
talking. Um, when you're a pressing team, you need to talk. And when we got it wrong last year in League Two, we didn't have players to take advantage of it. And when you step up a level, they've got some players that can take advantage of it. You know, we've got to press right in the second opportunity. And I think Shaq could probably take one more touch just to his left-hand side and it opens the goal up. And then we can play it to the near side or he can reverse it with his left foot. So, But loads of positives. I thought Shaq was excellent. I thought our front three was excellent. Dan Hat from Tuesday, where I disappointed him because the mentality thing we've, we've done. Do you want, how much do you want it, Dan? How much do you want it? Do you want it as much as me as a manager, as a coach? And I questioned him, um, we spoke about it on Wednesday, and he, told, he, he promised me that he would react, and I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch today. He was excellent. Theo, obviously, couldn't pick him on, um, on Tuesday because he was injured. Outstanding. Ed Turns had tonsillitis on on Tuesday, so we didn't want to risk him. Thought he'd come back, was excellent. So loads of loads of real positives. I'm just disappointed that we didn't win the game. I think on a whole balance of play, especially second half, um, the only I think the only threat that they had was on the counter-attack. Um, apart from that, I think we dominated in terms of territory and, and chances as well. We had a couple of moments where we get into the side of the six-yard box and our pullback has got to be has got to be right, and it wasn't. So. Um, I'm really pleased with everybody. I thought the supporters, again, were excellent. Um, so a big response from them from Tuesday night. And again, we have to take Tuesday night into context. It was a game that we'd, that we'd nearly already won. It was a replay on Tuesday night where the supporters were asked to repay their money, which he's not really on. I don't, know, I don't think it's the club's fault. And instead of playing in front of eight, 9,000, I think it was nearly 9,000 here today, playing on Tuesday night in just over 4,000 that turn up. In the context of everything, it's a bit more of an easy game. And then we've got a manager that had one game against Stevenage, which you can't take anything from. And it was a really difficult... When you break it down and, and, you, and you look into it, it's a difficult game. But today was, was, a, was a good performance by everybody. Another positive was Dan Jai coming on to make his debut. Was that ahead of schedule in terms of the injury? Maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, but you only had 10 minutes. We don't, we don't want to risk him. My biggest fear with Dan is that it was a, it was a bone in his foot that he broke. And you see how straight away you see the size of him, you see how explosive he is, his power and his pace. You're just worried that although he's been training for a number of weeks, he can never replicate the match. The match, um, lactic acid, the energy, the explosiveness. So we're just worried about him pulling a little muscle. So 10 minutes was his maximum today. I thought our subs were good, I thought Monk was good. I thought Aaron Drunen was excellent when he came on. Um, and then the last, I think it was 15 minutes, so 15 minutes, 20 minutes, when we went to a back four because we thought that with the, the dynamics of our game changed and McGinnis coming on, I thought it was excellent when we went to, went to a back four as well. No respite because it's Bristol Rovers away on Tuesday night. Were there any injuries picked up in, in terms of a downs no, for that No, just a manager that does not feel great at all and I need my bed. You're not very well at the moment? I'm looking at you, Dave. <laughs> it's making me better. <laughs> no, I just run down the last couple of weeks and it just caught me and just <coughs> got a bit of flu. A bit of man flu. It'll be right for Tuesday. I'll go home and my wife can give me a nice hot chocolate and a nice warm bed. We'll stop the love in there. Uh, <laughs> that was Richard Wellens uh, speaking to Dave Victor after uh, the match yesterday. All right, so that draw sees the O stay in 14th place now, <laughs> having played 18, won 5, drawn 6, lost 7, goal difference of minus 6. Still on 21 points. So, Ben Lejana, let's have your views. On yesterday's match against Wigan. Yeah, I mean, look, on the balance of playing, rather annoyingly, I think that's a that's a fair result. Uh, we had a few decent chances. Again, we didn't take them. We weren't clinical yeah. enough in either box. Uh, take a bow, though, Shaq Ford. That was a tremendous goal. Great effort. Didn't expect that. Um, I actually missed that goal as well, to be fair. 
because I was looking at my phone making a note about what had happened previously. So had I a... didn't see that. I had a shock, absolute shocker. Yeah. Um, I felt Sam Tickle had more to do than Sol Brin, uh, which is great, but I don't think we made him, uh, we didn't make it count enough. And like I say, the lack of pressure, the desire to win the second balls, you know, I was screaming, second balls, you know, we've got to win the, the turnover of possession. We just weren't there. At times we just stood there watching rather than being proactive. It's what you would expect to see you know, in a Sunday league game, um, the sloppy passing, the silly mistakes, the switching off—it's just—it's just utterly ridiculous. Um, Wigan were dangerous, I thought, on the attack at times. I had a couple of that. McManaman looks quite good, although he's was in the referee's ear all the time. There was a num- their number nineteen, whose name I can't remember. He looked pretty decent. Their their back two looked quite decent. So although they had quite a lot of injuries and first-choice players out injured and they had a young squad, but a highly capable squad, you know, they didn't look like a bad, a bad side at all. You know, the positives for us, Shaq Ford scored a great goal, Dan Aggie is back, but the disappointing side of it, that's one point from six in a week against sides that arguably, if we're on our game, on our day, which we should be more often than we're not, especially at home in front of 8,500 people... We're taking three points. We're taking four from six. I can take a draw from one of those games, but we need to be winning one of those at least. Um, you know, and I said it. To, I said it earlier, just to finish off. Though something just doesn't seem right. They don't look like they're communicating well. There seems to be a lacking of togetherness. The desire. They look either nervous or scared of making mistakes or unsure of what to do at times. Uh, it's just something isn't right. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like a naysayer, and I'm certainly pro Richie. I'm pro the squad and everything, but like I say, I'm I'm saying it as I see it. It just something just doesn't seem right. But I hope we change that at Bristol City, at Bristol Rovers, sorry, on Tuesday night. Me too. Good point. Good observations there, Mister Levy. I don't think one quite short and sweet. I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. Really, I think if we make it to uh, for that chance by four, I think we're talking about a win here. But better than Tuesday, but it couldn't really be any worse, really, could it? Like, it was never going to be any worse. Or I was saying that, you know, conceding a penalty in the first minute, if they score that penalty, then quite rightly they could be going, well, we could, we should have scored that penalty and gone on to thump them. So, swings and roundabouts. Good to see Ford get a goal. Would have been brilliant to see him get a second, like we said. Cooper seems off. So, the last three games, Bradley Cooper hasn't been the same Bradley Cooper who we've seen in his first Bradley. couple of games. Brandon, yeah. Good to see Dan Aggie in action. Although we need to figure out what his actual pronunciation is because you're saying Aggie, I'm saying Aggie. Dave Victor saying something completely different. I'm sure Richie Wellens has said something different. So let's let's try and get the uh, Aggie factor sorted. What I will say though is six winless in the league now. So these monkeys start to get on people's backs the more you don't win games. So that is starting to become a bit of a stat need to get that W column back up to where it needs to be starting with Bristol Rovers um, on Tuesday and that table so I went on a Bristol Rovers podcast earlier pre this recording if we beat them we will leapfrog them and potentially could go up to 10th which is ridiculous however if you look at it from the other flip side if we lose against Bristol Rovers there's teams below us who could go above us and we could slip down to quite a few places so it's a very very convoluted table very tight at the moment with the next three we could be almost around the playoffs if we lose the next three we could be hovering just above the relegation places it's something that probably worth noting is that Cheltenham seem to be winning games again Reading won for the first time and 
about a year on the road against Wickham. This division is all over the place. We don't want to be one of those teams going into the last five, six games of the season where you might be getting dragged into something. We want to be like, if getting dragged into anything, you want it to be around the top end. And like you said, one point from six in a week where two home games are home to Lincoln and home to Wigan. You'd be expecting, like you said, at least four. The fact we only got one. And winless in six, not really the form you want to be taking into a busy Christmas period. On the eve as well of a big FA Cup second round game where we're two divisions above our opponents and quite a big scalp for them. So lots to do on the training ground. We will see Biddle and Day. We, we shall. See. We shall indeed. We had a lot of feedback after this game as well. Uh, Orient Meat Pie says, fair result overall. I thought Wigan looked like a good side. Exciting first half and a flat second. Good to see Aggie come on. Would like to have seen us push on harder in the second half, but at least we didn't lose. Dan Alton, 2590. This is clearly better than Tuesday, but that's not anything to write home about. There's clearly something missing, though. I was just relieved when Wigan started making what looked like to be a couple of subs too many. It put them out of shape and pretty much ruled us out of losing. Yeah, Robbie, uh, Rainbow Sailor said, why do we always concede just before half-time? We had 16 shots, 7 on target, but still can't finish a team off. Good point. Yeah. Miss Vigaru said, a point is a point, evil at home, better than losing to Lincoln. Well, of course, but the last few matches have been below par, and at the same time, we could have easily been on the losing side again today. Good to see Adji on the field, and Ford have a run out and score. Based, I think, on his post-match interview, Richie Reddins probably does read our tweets. Ollie underscore Sonnenfield said, a decent point to end the slump. I thought we played well at times. I can't believe people are complaining. Perspective is needed. Yeah, decent point there from Ollie. Theo the Ryvern said, just imagine how bad the set pieces would be if we didn't have a dedicated set piece coach. <laughs> oh, Theo the Ryvern, what, what have you, you done? There. See what you did there. What Steve. bag of tricks have you opened there, Steve. Theo? <laughs> Steve Chaplin for us said, better than Tuesday. Wigan are a decent side and we went toe-to-toe for all by the first 15 or 20 minutes. Penalty miss certainly helped. But I thought we held our own. A fair result in the end. Mr. Underscore T82 says, probably the right result. Better than Tuesday. We can't quite turn little spells of good play into decent chances. So, something for that to work on. Fought two of our own. Happy as to you. You mentioned as well with a bit of a jar day. With two of our best players. I think there are things to be positive about. Yeah, new uh, Twitter handle here for me. Neural2 said, Ford played well. However, it was diabolical that he missed the second chance. Aggie looked good. Would like to see him start against Chesterfield. And Cooper was poor, but Richie did well to take him off. Overall, I think we deserve three points. The draw is not a bad result against them. Mark Pre 598 says, a poor start, but once we got going, I thought we were excellent at times. Just need to convert more chances. I like the step up and pressing and aggression from Tuesday. Cooper, uncharacteristically poor. Game was ours for the taking but would settle for the draw. And don't get us wrong, like they're human beings. They're prone to dips in form or something's happened at home that they're um you know that, that that's affected them or something like that, whatever it could be. So but so we don't want to sort of just single out um anybody and 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 you know in isolation, but it just seems to be a reoccurring uh, pattern now unfortunately Orion underscore Ed said overall I think it was a good game of football and I really enjoyed it faded into the second half but it was still good Shaq Ford worked brilliantly goal was superb and my man of the match also brilliant to see Dan Aggie lots of promising tidbits to take out of the game Tom Davies E17 said two poor defences but two quite decent attacking teams big improvement on the Lincoln debacle Archibald and Brown returning made all the difference Pickett and Dryland still don't ever look like scoring Conway underscore Nigel said, sitting behind Richie in the West, and I have to say, he is causing utter panic amongst the team at every set piece 
corner and even when we're in possession. He is on at them all the time. They can't express themselves as he is screaming at them to do this and that. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, very interesting point. Obviously, we sit in the south, so don't obviously we see don't it get or, to hear that. or hear it. Yeah, good yeah. point there from Nigel. Leighton Orient, USA, says, I live in California. I woke up at 4am, went back to sleep, waking back up at 7.20. I saw the usual. Leighton Orient with nice attacking skills, but can't finish and the other team get a lucky shot to tie it. 16 shots in total and only one goal scored. Again, another point about how many shots we took. So, I guess from that, Richie would be quite happy at 16 shots in 90 minutes. That's not a bad stat. The fact you've only hit uh, the net once, though, is the thing to work on. Yeah. We've only scored one goal. Seven were on target and only one went in. Yep. Veal underscore Lee said, Improvement on Tuesday night. I thought we created more chances. Good to see Dan Aggie back. Solbrin still worries me. I don't un- I don't understand why. Fancy footwork, I would imagine. Fancy footwork indeed. Stephen Orient said, Much improved from Tuesday. Ford, great goal. Did well throughout. Cooper was a liability. Again, too many bookings and all deserved. Our discipline has let us down. When will we see the benefits of a coach specialising on set pieces? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Doyle underscore Hooper said... Uh, I thought we edged it, but we could have had three points. Theo was immense. James had a solid game. The front three linked up well and should have scored more. We lack someone in midfield who can pick a pass like Moncur. So good in possession, but only plays a bit part these days. Yeah, good point. Ben, uh, I think that's Zed Her. I don't know. Not sure. New to a handle. Welcome to the pod. So we would have taken one point before, but just like Barnsley... Feels like a loss after the chances we've created. Graham is a big miss. Subs need to be made sooner. And the game was screaming out for someone like Galbraith who could spread the play. I almost feel three centre-backs is restricting us in going forward. Very good points there, Ben. Nicely made. Yeah, Derby507 said, Happy with the reaction to Tuesday, but as per the last four or five home games, started half asleep. We grew into the game. Could have probably and should have won today. Desperately need someone to be able to pop the ball into the onion bag. <laughs> the onion bag. Kids Samson O says, Brandon Cooper needs to stop letting the ball bounce. It cost us the equaliser. And when it happened again early in the second half, Richie clearly told Brandon that if it occurred more than once, he would hook him. Followed through on that for it shortly after. Good management and hopefully Cooper will learn. Yeah, uh, Essex Biz said, The ref from the game was shocking. But not just in our game. If you include this one, his record for giving out cards is in the last 16 games, giving out 81 yellow <laughs> cards and seven reds. Yeah, well played, referee. D. John's 1988 penultimate tweet on this one says, The first one of the game really dictated the remaining 89. Had Wigan scored the penalty, we would have lost that game 3 or 4 nil. Claire dominated on the right, and I think Theo needs a left back behind him. Mm. Great performance from Ford, who deserves his run in the team. Yeah, agree. Painting Orient said, Wigan... As a team, that should be in the top third of the table, post problems on the break in the first half, but offered little in the second. A refreshed lineup that was driven by the unrelenting energy of Theo. Some dubious officiating, but all in all, this is a solid draw. Yeah, so let's know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out. They were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook, so you can do the same. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook, or if you're not on Twitter, you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. If you're not uh, on email, which is very unlikely, but if you're not and you're not on Twitter, you can give us a, a message on Instagram or orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. If you're not on Instagram, which I'm sure you are, and you're on Facebook only, or I'm sure you're not, you can <laughs> give us a, a follow on Facebook. It's got quite convoluted. Uh, or in Outlook Podcast. Absolutely. The only thing we're not on is Snapchat and TikTok. 
as the main yes. mainstay one. No okay. one wants to see us dancing around the TikTok. No, but maybe you do. Let us know. We don't do things like that. Prediction, not <laughs> not for free anyway. Prediction league update. Well done. There's loads of people that correctly predicted one all. But special mention goes to the authentic yes. Gaz who gets four points because he correctly somehow predicted one one and that Shaq Ford would score. So well done to you. That means the top of the prediction league is as follows. So Rio underscore Orient leads the way on 16 points. Behind him on 14 points is Paul R. Gregory. 13 points is Charlie underscore Paul. Dave Brewer on 479-76911. And in the fourth place, LFC Teresa. And that's all O's fans. So lots still to play for. Thanks to everyone for all of their predictions. Yeah, so that concludes Saturday's game against Wigan. Let's move on then to Sunday, the 26th of November. The ladies were in action away at Richmond and Kew. They went 1-0 down in the 8th minute, but equalised three minutes later through Eleanor Landon and went 2-1 up in the 15th minute through Leanne Bates. They then went 3-1 up in the 39th minute through Charlotte Lynch, which is how the teams went in at half-time. In the second half, though, the hosts, the hosts sorry, pulled a goal back in the 80th minute, but the win was sealed in the 90th as Lillian Almeida, Liliana sorry, Almeida uh, Almeida made it 4-2, which is eventually how the game finished. So well done, ladies. That's a tremendous result. Yeah, absolutely. At 76 minutes and 40 seconds. Let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update. Brandon Pitcher, top of the league, 855 points. Only six points ahead. Of Chad Michael, I am in two hundred and ninety second place in this footballing league. Wow, that's good. That you've gone up uh, a little bit. Of, yeah, three hundred seventy four players in the league. Uh, Karen Harrison won't appreciate this. She's bottom of the table. Uh-huh. Get sorted out or Harrison out. Uh, I would say so. Keep an eye on the table. There's one more Premier League game to come tomorrow this week. I think it's Fulham playing someone tomorrow. So uh, yeah, thanks for. Joining our fantasy football league if you play it. Mr. Levy, you want to do positives? I think I've done them last time. Okay, so the positives this week. We've only got two. That Dan Aggie's made his debut, uh, finally. Massive. Great to see. I think he looked quite up for it, and I think they looked a bit scared of him. So hopefully that will count in our favour in the future. And also, uh, because obviously no one scouted him. Um, so they don't know how he's going to play in Rich's form. So it's a bit of a wild card that we've got. It's like a new signing. It is like a new um, signing, completely. That, that's come in, uh, literally is. Uh, and Shaq Ford's goal, tremendous goal. Absolute composure from a young young uh, forward there. So that's great. So, but we've got a few more negatives. We have. I mean, just going back to the Adji point very quickly. Adji has come in as Portsmouth's replacement, ultimately. Yeah. And his stats... Were better. In a worse side... Yeah. We're better than Portsmouth. Yeah. Just leaving it on the table. Fingers crossed he could have the same impact when he's actually fully fit. Negatives, like we said quite a few times in this episode, only one point from six this week. Second negative, the Lincoln game. That was just complete and utterly horrible. Uh, I'd hope not to see another one like that in a long, long time. And injury list, uh, Beckles, latest on the injury list, out for four weeks, joining Jordan Graham in terms of a long-term injury. So hopefully Beckles uh, is back soon and wish him yeah. all the best so here of the week we could just jump back to add another positive that Adam Thompson's back in training oh, when yeah. he comes back who knows whether he comes back into the squad is a different story absolutely I, I don't see how but yeah we'll, we will see that one so here of the week yeah no Twitter poll this week no we decided bit unanimously we had a couple of options but we went unanimously with we did we went with the backroom staff this time. We've gone for a very special selection and Keaton Patel. Yeah, well done, Keaton so Patel. So well done, Keaton. All the hard work that he does to get the players back fitter and stronger than when they got before they got injured. So a bit of an unsung hero amongst the backroom staff. 
Absolutely, well done, Lakita. That'll be their hero of the week. So, Licks Weeks fixtures two tough away fixtures coming up this week. Firstly, on Tuesday, the 28th of November, we are off to Bristol Rovers with their 11th in League One. They lost 2 1 at Derby County on Saturday. In their last six, they've won two, drawn two, and lost two. Having gone on a Bristol Rovers podcast earlier, their home form was actually very good. Yeah. Their home form was much better than the away form. Uh, they've got a striker, listen to this, who's not scored in two months by the name of Collins. Oh, I perfect. S- I, said, I said Collins will score on Tuesday. Yeah, Don't worry about 100%. that. 100%. They've also got, Lump Chris, on. They've also got Chris Martin. Who, uh, what, from Coldplay? Yeah, he's their centre forward. Uh, Chris Martin, ex-Fulham, ex-Bristol City, who's just signed a short-term deal at Bristol Rovers. He scored at Derby Oh, perfect. On so Saturday. he's going to score as well. It's going to be 4-0, isn't they it? They are managerless, though, and they're still faffing around with a manager. So... If they appoint a manager tomorrow, might be a new manager bounce off the back of that. It didn't seem like they were going to, though. Uh, but my Bristol Rovers, uh, I guess co-presenters for that one, both predicted the Bristol Rovers win. One said 2-1, the other one said 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. I, yeah. I, I think it's a bit ambitious with three. I said one all. I said all it would take the lead and we'd concede a goal like, in the 70th minute. Yeah. But uh, apparently, though, also, sorry... Uh, Joe Pigott always scores against Bristol Rovers, though. So he that scored against Bristol Rovers. He said he scored uh, for Pompey against Rovers last season. He scored when he was at Wimbledon against Bristol Rovers. They don't like playing Joe Pigott. Fingers crossed, pigs. Make me my words next week. Score a header. Don't worry. Score this two headers. Late in Orient, we do the unthinkable. <laughs> After Bristol Rovers, it's the Danny Webb Derby. Can't wait to see what Danny Webb's going to wear. Hopefully, a nice suit like he always does. Top man, Danny. Uh, Chesterfield. What can we say about them? They are absolutely running away with it in the National League. 11 points clear. They'd be easily at home 3-2. Remember this one. is it being played on Saturday. This one's being played on Sunday, which is a result, actually, because it's my wife's birthday on the Saturday, so I don't have to watch the football <laughs> on Saturday. Absolutely cracking result with that one. <laughs> this is 2pm. So don't forget, 2pm this one, not 3pm. 2pm on Sunday. Yeah. Isn't on telly. Don't think it's going to be on like any international stream. So for those naughty people out there, we're going to try and find it illegally. Definitely going to find it. So hopefully, yeah. just listen to the radio. I guess I guess it gets covered on. I don't even know because both BBC and ITV have the FA Cup. I don't even know where you would find it. I'm sure. I'm assuming it'd be live somewhere. But that is a big banana skin. Don't it's being shown somewhere internationally. It must it's got to be. Yeah, it's for internet. I'm pretty sure it's for international audiences. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Um, Look, and you will find it. somewhere. I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, worth pointing out though, their form. They've won five and lost one of their last six in the National League, and they beat Portsmouth in the last they round did. of the FA Cup. So they are not to be taken lightly. They are Tough in game. very good form. They are clear by a country mile at the top of the National League we all know how hard that league can be yes some big sides in there uh, as well so sponsorship reminder don't forget get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists you can call the shop on 0208 529 4130 or get in touch on social media they're Carol Langley E4 Carol has got an E on the end or at Essex Biz B-I-Z-Z on Twitter they're on Instagram just search Carol Langley Florist in the same for Facebook as well so that is it it is that thanks for joining us for episode 337 so overall a disappointing week taking only one point from six against two sides we thought we could go and beat and on chances created we could have done and we should have done if we were more clinical in both boxes I actually feel better now uh, talking about it it's out of my system now it's out of my system I'm ready for Tuesday the games come thick and fast like we said Bristol Rovers Tuesday night be a toughie then offices Chesterfield on Sunday, let's not forget, like you said, they beat Portsmouth. 53 league goals scored, only 28 conceded. A difficult one. But let's hope this time next week. We're all smiling, having a laugh, talking about three points on Tuesday and being in the hat 
for the FA Cup third round and getting our boots on to go to City or United or Arsenal or Tottenham or Chelsea hearing, or Liverpool. Hearing you read that out loud sounds real happy clappy, doesn't it? Yeah, I love happy clappy. I yeah, love Martin uh, Ling. I love Richie Wellens. I love yeah. Leighton Orient. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's finish this off before you go delusional. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to rate the show as well. You can even leave comments on each episode now so please if you get the chance do so don't forget follow us or add us to your favourites uh, on your chosen podcast provider and that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're available we're also on smart speakers the fan hub app and we're also on YouTube so listening to the podcast has never been easier and if you've got an older relative a loved one an orient charm someone who's got a passing interest in Leighton Orient help them download this podcast and please do pass the pod Yes, so we are back next week with episode 338 with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. As always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. A little song I wrote, you might want to sing it, note for.